Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to Progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Kunal, it's the last week before the madness begins again. Actually, madness is what it's going to be. There's like nine races in 14 weekends. And the month of September is the month that pretty much every Formula One fan is waiting for. Out of the five weekends, four of them are going to be Formula One Grand Prix. And you know what? It's been a really good summer break. Like, I've been quite happy to have the weekends to ourselves for once. And now we're going to have the perfect end to the summer break in Spa. Yeah, guys, we're going to be in Spa. Yes, it's going to be great to be back at home. And, you know, there's just some some magic about being in the paddock. Among the motorhomes, the drivers and all other personalities that we talk about pretty much every week. Anyway, the big news from the summer break uh, has to be the introduction of the ace man. Ice man Kimi Raikkonen's son, Robin. And you know what? No bias, but I have to say I love the name already. I mean, you mean Robin or Ace Man? What? <laughs> Robin's his real name. He has been karting already. I'm sure everyone knows because Kimmy's been putting all these pictures and videos on social media. Uh, he's also been biking, by the way, which means that he could either make it to Formula One, MotoGP, or even rallying. Kunal, he is a Raikkonen. I'm sure he's going to be fast on anything he wants to be. So yeah. Well, Kimi Raikkonen's already got a sponsor and yes, this kid is all of four years of age. So let that sink in. So guys, in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast, as always, we have so much to talk about. We're going to talk about the Raikkonen's, Kimi and Robin. And we thank Toyota for offering us much joy after leaving Formula One. We discussed the 2021 Formula One car designs that were revealed only a few hours before we recorded this episode. And we discussed the one mystery driver who has Helmut Marko's interest apart from Max Verstappen. Guys, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Audio Boom, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and every other audio streaming platform for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. Okay, so Kunal, I'm going to talk about Raikkonen, Kimi Raikkonen himself. Uh, his contract with Alfa Romeo expires at the end of 2020. And uh, Kimi said that he's open-minded on options. The question is, is Formula One ready to let go of Kimi Raikkonen? Well, personally, I am certainly not. Well, I remember that when uh, Kimi Raikkonen signed up with Alfa Romeo last year, a lot of critics objected, saying that, the old guard should make way for the new. Now, 12 races in, Raikkonen's probably proved them all wrong. And I'm sure his experience has come in very handy this season. I mean, personally, I wish that Kimi stays on for at least one more year, you know, with the 2021 regulations expected to come in. Yeah, you know, I am tempted to wonder uh, what year it'll be when Robin Raikkonen makes it to Formula One. But I know, I know he's a young kid and we should let him make his choices and his destiny and all of that. 
But Kunal, I'm wondering if Valtteri Bottas could take some inspiration from Kimi Raikkonen. You know, go off from Formula One for a few years, go rallying. I mean, Bottas is already rallying. Like he's、uh, matched times with Toyota's regular WRC driver, and Bottas said that he isn't rallying just for fun. Well, I think, like I said at the start, you know, Toyota has given us much joy after they left Formula One. So Bottas has been rallying with them. Fernando Alonso, as we all know, has won the World Endurance Championship,、uh, uh, you know, and two Le Mans races、uh, with Toyota, of course, with his teammates as well. And now Fernando is attempting,、uh, you know, he's attempting the Dakar Rally, hopefully next year. So, in no other words, thank you, Toyota. And、uh, as for Bottas taking inspiration from Kimi Raikkonen, I mean, personally, I would love to see drivers try different series and different.、Uh, Forms of motorsport, but I don't know if Formula One is as open about drivers、uh, taking a break for a season or two, racing elsewhere, and then trying to make a comeback. I mean, the best example of all this could be Fernando Alonso, because、uh, of all the drivers, he is facing issues to make a comeback. Now we know he's a special case, but he's a case after all. Yeah, and let's remember that Valtteri Bottas is no Kimi Raikkonen. I mean, not in terms of achievements or in terms of his personality or character or all of that. In fact, Kunal, I'm just reminded of when Esteban Ocon was on our podcast last year, and he specifically said that he would choose a slow car at Williams、uh, rather than sitting it out for one more season.、Uh, I think this is possibly why the rumors of Ocon leaving Mercedes and joining forces with Renault continue to grow. Yes, so there's Esteban Ocon, Roman Grosjean. And Nico Hulkenberg in the mix,、uh, like we've been saying since the last few episodes. So, honestly, let's see who gets what seat when the musical chairs stop. And、uh, funnily enough, Roman Grosjean has been sharing pictures of his journey through motorsport and Formula One. Now, I really wonder if that's a hint or sign of sorts in terms of what Roman's career should be. And let's remember, he said he wants to be in Formula One for seven more years. Uh, a Hulkenberg Magnussen partnership will be pretty interesting, actually. But let's see what happens. So Ferrari have revealed that their next engine upgrade will offer a 20 bhp boost, and that's when Mattia Binotto has been saying that they need more downforce. You know, I was just thinking the other day after near championship wins in 2017 and 2018, have Ferrari restarted their 10-year title drought cycle? I mean. That's usually the gap that Ferraris had between their title wins, and it would be unfortunate if that's really the case. That's a very interesting、uh, observation. In fact, I read that Ferrari、uh, they're pushing back big time on standardization of parts from 2021.、Um, if I were Ferrari, Kunal, I'm just thinking I would actually do the opposite. I mean, who wouldn't want their hands on anything and everything that Mercedes uses too, right? <laughs> But of course, Ferrari won't get access to Mercedes's pit wall and race strategies, or Lewis Hamilton for that matter. So they're going to have to make do with the parts. Alexander Albon performs for Red Bull Racing, and they start outscoring Ferrari. Can you imagine that a Vettel Leclerc pair could actually be beaten by a Verstappen Albon pairing? I mean, it's a far cry, but you never know because it's Ferrari, just the way it's Red Bull Racing. And、uh, Sebastian Vettel's made an interesting statement in the last few days. He said that the drivers are the only ones who have no hidden motives in making Formula One's rules for 2021. Really, Kunal, I'm wondering if Vettel is secretly lobbying for an anti-spin software in the ECU <laughs> while he's saying all、yeah. this. 
By the way, Formula One fans seem disappointed with the first look of the 2021 cars. I mean, if anything, I've learned through my several years in Formula One that you cannot please everyone, and and that Formula One fans have extremely extremely strong opinions. Now, personally, I don't care how the cars look as long as they race well. I must say that parts of the 2021 Formula One car uh, design, uh, they look like they have just been lifted off from the current Indy car design, though. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, especially the whole front wing and how you know how they're trying to make it flatter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just disappointed because they're certainly nowhere close to being as sleek as the design that uh, that Formula One had leaked sometime last year. I think we will take the IndyCar design formula and then show them how to make it go faster. That's <laughs> that's what 2021 is going to be all about. Yeah. By the way, IndyCar is going to follow Formula One uh, hybrid units from 2022. Uh, and Kunal, this is possibly why Fernando Alonso isn't committing to a full-time program in the <laughs> IndyCar. Yeah. I mean, the hybrid turbo units have been causing his downfall, but. Toro Wolff said a big no to Fernando Alonso, but uh, he said a maybe when it came to discussing Max Verstappen going to Mercedes. Yeah, and then there's this wild, wild rumor that Sebastian Vettel could go back to Red Bull Racing and partner Max Verstappen. Can you the believe really it? Really wild imagination of whoever's come up with this rumor. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Helmut Marko said that they let go of Pierre Gasly because he couldn't overtake. Kunal, I think that is some serious double standards from both uh, Helmut Marko and Red Bull Racing. Because let's remember that Sebastian Vettel could not overtake either. <laughs> and he still cannot overtake, at least as cleanly as the others. So, Helmut Marko also justified Albon's promotion over Kivat. He said that Albon is still developing as opposed to Danny Kivat, who is already developed. And there is strong belief that Albon will only go quicker. But Marco left one big, big, big question unanswered. Uh, he said there's only one other driver on the grid who impressed him overall, uh, but not with his one lap pace. I mean, Kunal, the only other driver that comes to my mind is Lance Stroll. I mean, he's been out of uh, qualifying in Q1 in all races, barring one. And uh, still, he's uh, he scored more points than Perez. Well, I had Nico Hulkenberg come to my mind. But anyway, you know, we could just ask... Mr. Marco when and if we end up meeting him in Spa, which is that one driver he was giving all of us a hint about. I think the other interesting fact is that while Helmut Marco thinks that it's the right time to promote Albon, Toro Wolf is absolutely certain that it's way too early to promote uh, George Russell to Mercedes. And come to think of it, both drivers have had exactly and only 12 races in Formula One. Honestly, I hope uh, George Russell doesn't go the Pascal line and or Esteban Ocon's way. I mean, though I must say that his career might just be better timed than his, his predecessors because Hamilton or Bottas could eventually make way in the next few years. And that's, of course, when Wolf thinks George Russell is ready. But even if not, I think Russell might have a strong sports marketing career ahead of him. I mean, he said that he doesn't need to make a sales pitch to Mercedes and this comes after he admitted that he actually made a PowerPoint presentation to Sir Frank Williams to convince him for a racing contract with Williams. That's really interesting. Uh, by the way, Toro Wolf also said that Mercedes couldn't sign Mick Schumacher because of an overcrowded junior driver lineup. And, um, I, and that's true. And it doesn't seem like Mercedes can actually do much about it, like Ferrari or Red Bull Racing for that matter. 
Finally, Carlos Sainz Jr., the Formula 1.5 World Championship leader, has made a few interesting points. He said that Max Verstappen or, or Charles Leclerc might not lead the charge in Formula 1 in the future if they're not in the right team at the right time. And I absolutely agree with his view that Formula 1 has very few competitive cars for all the good drivers that are already racing in the sport. In fact, Sergio Perez said that if he doesn't get a car that can fight for podiums by 2021, he will quit Formula 1. Um, frankly, I don't think Charles Leclerc will leave Ferrari for a long, long, long time. But somehow I don't get the same feeling for Max Verstappen. And then there's the ace man. Red Bull Racing, Ferrari and Mercedes will soon rush to sign him in their junior driver program. And of course, this is a decade or thereabouts away in our timeline. But <laughs> we'll still be around with the Inside Line F1 podcast. Still making you <laughs> laugh, guys. But also there's a bit of irony there, Kunal, because the 2018... Um, F2 champion George Russell has a seat at Williams, the slowest team on the grid. And Lando Norris, he finished second in the championship, has a seat at McLaren. They're the team that's now placed fourth. And Albon, who was only third in the championship, has a seat at Red Bull Racing. Guys, you all know where I'm going with this. But I'm actually curious to know, and I'm going to research what's happening to the guy in fourth place. Because <laughs> technically, he should have been racing for Mercedes. But I know what you're trying to do with these, uh, with this comparison. You're trying to offer data to Carlos Sainz's point that Formula One needs more competitive cars for all the good drivers it already has. And uh, I'm now uh, reminded of uh, what I read that Robert Kubica has a 15% chance of retaining his seat with Williams for 2020. And frankly, I'd be highly surprised if that was actually going to happen. Yeah, it's literally been a nightmare uh, ending to a dream and a historic return for Kubica. And Kunal, I must say, I feel so bad for our listeners from Poland. All of them have just stood behind Kubica so firmly all these uh, months, I would say. This also reminds me of uh, the Formula One revolution concept that uh, Edison James has written about in his book. And he said that the rules of Formula One should mandate that a team switch for every driver after two races. And of course, there are lots of arguments and debates around such a concept. But this would go a long way in answering how well, say, a Michael Schumacher or Sebastian Vettel or a Lewis Hamilton would do in a minority or, in today's case, Williams. Yeah, or say how well a Grosjean would do in a Mercedes. I mean, I must say that the concept seems really interesting. Um, it might never make it to Formula One, but um, Kunal, I need to borrow your book. It sounds like a good read. Yeah, you just got to pay me a weekly rent for <laughs> it. And finally, Cyril Abitibol, if I'm getting the French pronunciation right, said that Formula One should focus on improving tracks to improve the show. He said that this would probably be faster and cheaper and that we wouldn't need to wait till 2021. Yeah, I think that's a wise point too. But what he really needs to tell us is how do we go about improving the performance of the Renault? Bullseye. Exactly. I mean, even if the sport becomes more fun, there's little guarantee that Renault will still be having fun at the sharper end of the grid. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, the Belgian Grand Prix is the weekend after next. So you will hear from us in a few days' time. Bye-bye. Adios.
me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.